what can I say to you? I remember how it felt to take that throne. All that it meant. And all that it did not. A god of war. God of pain. Of suffering. Of destruction. And no one said I chase redemption that I know I can never deserve. What does that make me? God of fools. God of... Welcome to episode 79 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the little sister to my big daddy, John. Now, John, you are the resident Soulsborne fan on the show. Yes, expert. Somebody's got to be there. Be <laughs> you refuse. You, well, we got listener Mark. He, he, yeah. could, he could fill in. That is true, yes. No, I, I have played every Soulsborne entry since uh, Demon Souls, yes. Okay. So I got a question to you question for you about shadow of the earth tree okay is there a chance that this is a separate game entirely mm-hmm. we have not covered that mm-hmm. but uh jason trier of triple click and of bloomberg news made it his prediction this year that shadow of the earth tree is no longer dlc to elden ring but it is an entirely different game uh yeah dude, that's that's kind of the hot topic of conversation within the Soulsborne community right now is, uh, you know, how big is this thing going to be? Is it going to be a true to form DLC? Or as, as you just mentioned, could it potentially be something more? And I kind of want to believe like it makes total sense at this point. Um, you know, in February will be two years since Elden Ring has been released. That's a ton of time between the release of a game Mm -hmm. and a DLC in and of itself. So it Mm -hmm. makes sense that if they have been working on this since then, which I'm mm-hmm. sure they have, um, the amount of content that they're going to have in this thing is going to be huge. Elden Ring already is a much larger project and bigger game than any of the previous From Software games already. And From Software does not have a history of doing DLC lightly. A lot of people consider the old hunters to be the best part of the Bloodborne game in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the DLC that came attached to Dark Souls um, is famous for having very, very difficult boss fights. And, it, you know, it goes on and on and on. So um, I kind of if I kind of expected at this point, honestly, <laughs> like it, it would just seem a little weird uh, with this much time between release to have like, yeah, it's another DLC, guys. You got to, you know, because in true From Software fashion, too, you don't just load into the DLC. You got to go find some weird portal right. in some weird corner of the map and this, you know, this all these kind of little extra things. Um, and I think it would make more sense to allow people to maybe jump in with either just a fresh character, you know, because there is going to be a lot of relearning for a lot of players sure um with the ability to import your character if you want to but i uh i'm feeling it man i'm feeling i'm feeling a standalone expansion type deal with it for sure okay so you're, you're saying like a like a 50 dollar game or are we talking we're getting to elden ring 2 territory no i right? i i don't think they can i think 50 would 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put my flag in forty. I'm gonna say it's a forty dollar expansion, um, forty or fifty. But yeah, I don't think we're going Elden Ring two. That's that would be pushing it too hard. Well, what if it becomes like a Tears of the Kingdom situation? You know, the same map, just everything redone. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I two years would be such. I don't from software well, in my opinion. If it is, comes out this year, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's potential. You push yeah. it and say like, "Hey guys, uh, you got to be a little more patient with us." I know you're <laughs> respecting it now, but it's going to be Elden Ring too. I don't think it's going to be that. I, okay. I think that would be. I would I would say From Software is the most talented development team in the world, short of maybe a few of Nintendo's guys. Um, but I think that would be asking a little too much. No, I think a nice forty or fifty dollars standalone expansion, Shadow of the Erd Tree. It's its own thing. Is is where where I'd put my money. Okay. All right. Which is super excited. Man, is that exciting? If that is the case, <laughs> like you know, I fully expect like some you know, obviously a, a new area or two, all that, all that stuff, new enemy variety, new weapons, probably a new couple classes. But yeah, how much of that are we getting? Yeah, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Could be the best thing I play all year. That's true. Yeah, your expectations are, will be set quite differently if they, in fact, say it's a standalone expansion. But interesting thought. Either way, especially really since fun. we haven't heard a thing about the game in quite a minute the dlc it is weird how quiet they've been yeah like you know there was rumors that it's coming out this february fetch chance and hell at that i mean it's possible i guess but <laughs> um yeah they haven't said dick since like the first trailer right that's it just one trailer and i think that's it. i don't even think they got a trailer it right? wasn't it just an announcement with the art I, I don't i don't think they've ever I feel like i trailer. remember some sort of teaser but maybe not uh, yeah i don't think so i don't think they ever ever Showed this game in any capacity, this expansion. Yeah. So mm. Mm. I'm gonna eat that shit up. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> so so good. But yeah, it was an interesting thought that I thought we should bring to our resident expert John here. But all right, let's get into the show because we have another exciting episode with both of us playing God of War Ragnarok Valhalla DLC. A, a, a rare game boondoggle. Yeah. We don't get a lot of those here. <laughs> uh, we're going to revisit our top 10 PS5 games that we would recommend if you just got a PS5. And more of our 2024 preview with yay, nay, or may returning. And then finally, of course, our character Battle Royale, Battle Royale is coming as well. So all of that is coming, but this is how the show works. John and I can bring up to three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news item. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. A Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Go there if you want to vote on our character Battle Royale. And then finally, it can be a comment on our YouTube page at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we'll bring it and we'll talk about it. Let's go, John. Hmm. Kick it off. All right. So, uh, as you mentioned, Nick, uh, we were delighted and treated and all sorts of other <laughs> awesome words uh, with the experience of God of War Valhalla, the DLC roguelike that came out, uh, shockingly, uh, on December 12th of this past past year. Uh, free DLC. Nobody had to, you didn't have to put a penny towards Sony to play this thing. Um, and it's the follow-up to my 2022 Game of the Year, God of War Ragnarok. So obviously, very, very excited uh, to jump into this. And I am happy, happy to report that it is every bit as good as I was hoping it was going to be. So um, just to kind of, I guess, Nick, maybe give you some of my over overviewing thoughts and then we can jump into a little bit of it. Obviously, I think we're going to keep this spoiler free. Yeah. Um, anything like that. You want to set up the initial premise, though? premise of Valhalla, sure. So uh, at the end of Ragnarok, you know, we see, um, 
I guess spoilers for Ragnarok if you haven't <laughs> played that this yet. So there will be a little bit of discussion about the end of that game. So if you turn off if you haven't played that. But uh, we see Atreus and Kratos kind of have a uh, you know father-son moment where Atreus is going to go off on his own thing, right? He's he's going to become his own man, uh, forge his own path. You know the things that Kratos did, and I think that kind of obviously left Kratos a little a little empty nest syndrome, right? He didn't really quite know where to take his life, and he gets an opportunity from Freya, who is kind of taking over uh, the Odin role of being, you know, the person who's kind of keeping the realms uh, afloat and all the things that gods do, uh, offered a spot next to her to be the god of war, which uh, Kratos has had some issues with that in the past. So obviously Mm -hmm. it's a very emotional decision that he has to make uh, and one that he does not want to take lightly. And so what this DLC is doing is kind of exploring his inner turmoil and the the things that he has to do, decisions he has to make uh, to decide if this is something he wants to do or not, or if he wants to just recede into the shadows um, and kind of, you know, just be a forgotten forgotten person. Yeah. And he gets a, like a mysterious letter inviting him right. to Valhalla. And then going through Valhalla, there's much more to it than just another realm. It is... It is going to test him both, you know, physically and mentally. And of course, you know, by mentally, he's going to have to face the demons of the original trilogy, yep. God of War 1 through 3. Yep, so. absolutely. And um, and so, you know, right off the bat, I mean, that setup in itself, of itself was pretty narrative heavy. So I don't know why I didn't go into this thinking that it was going to be pretty narrative heavy. And <laughs> Um, you know, if you followed this game at all, I think you probably have gotten the same type of feedback from different uh, analysts out there. But, dude, it's a it's a narrative masterclass again for me. You know, it's it's it puts a closure to a character who I've always really, really, really liked and held them in a very high esteem. But going through this experience, uh, you know, may have solidified him as potentially the greatest video game character ever, just on a on a character arc standpoint. The writing that is displayed here is, is you know, if you've played God of War 2018 and Ragnarok, you know how good of a writing team Sony Santa Monica is. But uh, the the back and forth dialogue that Kratos and Mimir have through this journey because, you know, Mimir is still attached to your hip. Uh, he's just such a good companion to really let Kratos have somebody to bounce off his thoughts and ideas instead of just having an internal monologue, having somebody out there who's kind of challenging how Kratos is feeling and, and getting him to think about things in a different way is is really, really well done. Um, and I just, I couldn't get enough of it. I, 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 this, it, it was, it's a must play experience for me. If you are a God of War fan, um, I don't, do you feel the same way on a narrative standpoint, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the initial trailer at the game awards obviously did not touch on how story heavy this would be. And especially story heavy in regards, like again, to that original trilogy, uh, where a lot of the events of that game are brought up and kind of in the original God of War were kind of teased. You know, when you went and got the Blades of Chaos, it was like this big moment because it was something he is his past. He was never going to bring those weapons back, but felt that he had to to I forget. He had to go to what realm it is where the dead are. Helheim. Yeah, he, he had to go there and he needed them. And uh, I know of a weapon. And I wonder if this was uh, if this was originally a trilogy, if they would have explored more of his nasty ugly past but since this is just two games to cover this arc uh that they felt that you know there was so much more else to cover between odin and thor and atreus that you know they kind of put uh kratos's backstory on the back burner but man to have that so much story and just this 
optional mode is it's a must play now. Mm-hmm. It's a must play. It really is. It really is. And at, at free, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. How could you not? And, um, and I think you touched up on a little thing here, Nick is, is the size of this experience is perfect. Um, you know, it's six, six hours, maybe. I don't know if you, yeah, if you were to mainline it. And, yeah. Six and, hours. And maybe not play on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> no, I, I, I bumped it up from like the, there's five settings of difficulty. They start you off at two. I bumped it up to three, uh, just cause I got, I think I got through the first, the final, like first run. Um, not really getting phased no. at all. And so I, I wanted to bump it up a little bit just to just to, I don't know, make it a better experience. And it, it was, it, it really showed me, it reminded me again, how good the combat is in God of War. Like for a game that dominates and, and does such a good job narratively, it's hard to kind of separate that when you go back and you think on your experience. When I think of my experience with God of War 2018 and Ragnarok, my brain immediately goes to, you know, like the the general speech that Kratos gives at the end of Ragnarok before like they all go go out and yeah, do their the thing. The big story the, beats. The big story beats. Like I don't really think about the moment to moment so much, but playing through this, I'm like, God, this game just excels on that front so so well too. The Blades of Chaos, the Leviathan Axe, the Dropner Spear are all top tier like uh, weapons. I, I was happy to use any any one of them, mm-hmm. um, which was which was fun. But. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it, you know, we got to review this as well. I think as a roguelike, there are probably a good amount of people that will go into this looking for a roguelike experience. And um, I know you don't play a lot of those as well, Nick, but I do, you know, we both have played Hades and things like that. Yeah, this but is, there's a lot of, I, this is exactly like Hades to me. Is it? Like, it feels like a 3D version of that. Yeah, between the, you know, you choose the multiple doors after mm-hmm. every run or after every battle. Uh, the def, the def, you choosing with uh, different glyphs, so you get kind of you can, you know, pick and choose like incremental upgrades or or move sets because they kind of reset you in this, so you don't have the light and heavy runic attacks anymore. So you, you kind of choose which ones you want throughout the game, and then you kind of have an overall currency. So your character is always kind of leveling up as yeah. or, even when your runs done and your your run stats are reset, you can kind of go to these other. Uh, tablets and kind of upgrade your your overall stats so the runs will become easier you know you'll get resurrection stones your health bar will get larger and stuff like that your luck your cooldown everything that was a stat in the base game yeah right you have a stat for yeah so it it felt very hades like though we can talk about this now i don't you brought up this point before is that do triple a games work well as a roguelike and i think this one doesn't work as well it's just a lot of walking around, especially in that the starter area. You know, you have to go to each little pedestal and go. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. let me let me pick my weapon. My my uh, what's the what's the O button? The L one and O. The relic. Yeah, your relic. Uh, you have to, and then even even in between rooms, you're kind of in these this area with multiple doors, and there are like chests you can find. And I found it just doing it over and over as the, in this 3D character, it didn't work as well for me. I was just like. Oh, just give me to the door. Like I want to go on to the next part of this mission. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree and I I do disagree a little bit. Um, you know, as somebody who does play a lot more of these, you know, I'm playing yeah, Astral sure. Ascent right now. That's something that is always built into every single roguelike. You know, you go yeah. back, you 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 know, in Astral Ascent, for instance, you you go back, you got to go talk to a guy who gives you currency for the different skills that you did. Then you right. got another guy who gives you currency for the lore you've uncovered, and then you got you got to go put you know, user things. And so there's always a lot of that. Um, but what I will say uh, where I think it maybe suffers a little bit on the roguelike sense is um, there's never, a, there was very, very rarely 
a run where I felt like I had a tailored build that made me excel in a different way. Right. Right. Part of the reason I love Hades and Astral Ascent and Binding of Isaac and these type of experiences is because every once in a while you'll get a busted run. And those yeah. are fucking great. Yeah. Where you just have a combination of equipment or skills or whatever that breaks the game wide open and you can just walk through. Right. That's part of the experience to me for roguelikes. Right. And with rare exception... I kind of felt like I was just doing, you know, whatever type of combat I wanted to do that I had the that I set out with the plan of like and don't get me wrong. Again, the combat is so good, like throwing your axe and then hitting the L1 and R2 button at the same time where it comes back to you and you do that overhead charge slam thing into somebody. Yeah. It, it feels good every single right. time, but uh, could have done a little bit more. But again, for being a free, yeah, DLC, it feels like you were never fun. like funneled into a weapon either. You were just like, no. What do I feel like? Like I started with the drop near spear and then I'm like, oh, let's go back to that hex on this run just to mix it up. It never felt like I was getting options that were like, oh, shit, I should use the spear this run because this is this glyph is this move is so good and these stats are so good. But like you said, there's no well, it seems like a very tr traditional just playthrough of the game. It is. And, and again, because the, the main focus they want you to experience is the narrative. I will say, though, I think, you know, that very first room where you get the weapon like mm. upgrade yeah that dictates what upgrades you get a weapon for the right. rest of the run so like you kind of do get stuck into one whatever you pick right because right? you're not going to get the bonuses the the uh the runic attacks for that weapon unless if you get one of those random chests i think that give you anything mm -hmm. but um but yeah I, it's um you know and this we haven't even touched on you know uh after you kind of go through halfway through it, you you start fighting in a Greek-looking area with Greek enemies. I told yeah. Nick uh, that you know I was super excited to fight a Minotaur again. Like yeah. when I think of the <laughs> when I think of the original trilogy, that enemy for whatever reason is like the one that stands out to me. And uh, I was smiling really. Yeah, I, were you really I felt happy myself when you smiling when it, when I saw one. <laughs> and while it didn't maybe capture the same type of feeling I had when I fought him with the OG trilogy, it was still really, really fun and cool to see Helios again, the Minotaurs, the Cyclopses, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so in closing, I mean. And the music. Oh, yeah. The dude, music, man. When it, when it played the older music, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's, you know, I, I played, I, I really. God of War 1. When it came out in 2005, I still, it's maybe the most memorable trailer I can ever remember watching. Where I was a 16-year-old kid, you know, into three the movie 300 and Gladiator and every other badass thing you can imagine. You know, to see Kratos take on the Hydra and, you know, to see where we're at now and to, to play through a thing where, like, you mentioned him battling his past demons. Dude, they have this whole arc about the boat captain from that fight. Yeah. Like if you've played yeah. that game, you know, you fight the Hydra and you kind of, the, the captain gets swallowed and he's like kind of hanging on the, the edge of going into the Hydra's belly and you basically rip the key off of him and let him fall. And like Kratos kind of has a little crisis, like existential crisis about that. He's like, no, I just did that. Not because it had me gain anything just because I was like a piece of shit effectively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to see this character go through all this it, it's it's so so good if you are a fan of god of war ragnarok please please make sure you find some time to play it i was honestly even kind of on the fence like yeah i'll play it whenever i get to it and you know friend of the show will was was nice enough to let me borrow his copy pal of the show jake was nice enough to let nick borrow his copy and i'm so happy that we did them now especially um and uh you know, and so that leaves my review. I'm going to grade this. I don't know if you're planning on grading this. You sure. Um, as a free DLC, it's a five out of five. <laughs> if it was paid for, it'd be a four out of five. Yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. there are some lacking things, but uh, as a as a epilogue to Kratos uh, and this this duality 
duality duology i don't know whatever you call it a, a one in a part one and a part two uh as an epilogue to that it, it's perfect it's really good yeah yeah i i agree with that sentiment i i am gonna go four though because after i completed the story i was done i didn't for sure i felt if it was a five i would i would want to keep coming back but i think there's just something about the loop and the, the combat that i was just like mm. i'm good i'm good mm. and i'm glad that I, I got to see it all and yeah it's it's phenomenal and what what a crazy surprise yeah. to be free well to and be out and we will you know i think uh, we're going to keep a pretty close eye on this type of thing right we obviously have part two last of us part two coming out shortly with uh what's that mode called no, no return no return uh, the no return roguelike mode is this a way that triple a producers and other publishers can uh squeeze in a little extra content with just the length that it takes to develop games nowadays you know is this a way that they can you know kind of just these these 1.5 1.25 type type expansion thingy things i don't right. know what you call them but we'll we'll keep an eye on it yeah for well, sure the single player games like their hardest thing is replayability and when roguelikes can add a lot of that love me know? some roguelikes <laughs> yeah. good stuff man yeah i was uh i was joking to nick that uh you know if i played this when it came out i might have had to throw it into my top uh, my game of the year conversation <laughs> but that still would have felt bad just based on the bite-sized nature of it but go play it it's awesome can't, yeah. can't recommend enough. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, just, again, it's like six hours. Yep. It's, it's nothing. Yep. So. All right, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, we mentioned our top 10 list last week when John was talking about his most predicted game, Hades 2. So I thought, let's bring it back so we can get that fucking Hades game out of this top you're 10 a, list. You're insane. <laughs> you're insane. Let's get it out of there. It's Number been in there too PlayStation long. PlayStation Pals game of all time. <laughs> So we're bringing it back. It's been about six months too, so it's about it's about perfect uh, timing to, to to revisit it, get all the games of the f the last half of last year, see if any of them can make it in. So here's where our list stands right now, and this is in no particular order. They're just ten games. If you get a PS5, the PlayStation pals tell you play these games. We have God of War Ragnarok, which we just talked about, Hades. Dead Space, the 2023 remake, Elden Ring, Persona 5 Royal, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Resident Evil 4, Cyberpunk 2077, Returnal, and Neon White. Now, do you want to go first, John, with any swaps that you will recommend? All right. Well, what I think, uh, you know, for me, and granted, there are some games on there that are primarily you, and there's some games on there that are primarily me, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it's going to be on each of us to defend ourselves. So for yeah. me, the ones that I have my eye on. Well, give me your first one. We'll go back and forth. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. To be swapped with what? To be swapped with Spider Man Two. I have that too. So that that is that oh, is happening. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Now next. You know, I think we're kind of getting to the point where having a Dead Space and a Resident Evil 4 on the list, we might be looking to remove one of those. I think they're both very, very strong. I don't know. I, I think Resident Evil 4 takes it a little bit, though. And I have two other games that are, are considering. And I don't know. I honestly don't know myself if I would swap these. So maybe we can have a discussion together. Okay. The two other games uh, that I think we should consider are Final Fantasy 16. And Sea of Stars. Okay. I also have those. Okay. So I, but I, I, I am conflicted internally myself if I would swap any. I think if I were, I would remove Dead Space and probably put in Final Fantasy. Okay. 
Oh, this is what I have for Final Fantasy. I would swap it with Persona Five Royal. Okay, just for the JRPG itch. Yeah, they they sit, they fill a, a similar niche and game. and again, I love Persona Five Royal Game of the Year last year. It is still a PS4 game. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 there's nothing in the PS5 version. I mean, it does bring 60 frames uh, per second on it, but that's fair. You know, if I was saying you want the a PlayStation Five experience, you're getting Final Fantasy 16. So, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if this list, the purpose of the list is to, hey, experience these five games on this new piece of hardware, even though it's three and a half years old at this point. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Persona 5 Royal, it's not a, not a commentary on its quality, but rather right. it's what what does it do on this platform? That's a good point. And that's a game that you kind of championed onto the list. I, I think it's great, but I never played it. So, so, are we, is, so we're good with swapping it for Final Fantasy 16. Yes. Um, yeah, and so for me, like you know, I went through my trophies and everything. I don't think Sea of Stars would be the only one I would consider, and I don't think I would personally bump anything for it. Okay. It's a great game, a fantastic game, but you know, it's a much more, it's a much older experience, and you know, I don't yeah, know. I didn't, I yeah, it was one, it was one under consideration, but I, if it was the one I did not have like a direct swap, sure, like I would, yeah, or two indie games, I would. I mean, I recommend. imagine you got to have Alan Wake two on your. I do, I do. Uh, similar to what you just mentioned, to get rid of Dead Space 2023 and swap it with Alan Wake 2. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I mean, from everything I've heard and, you know, um, the Weesing area alone, <laughs> you know, kind of maybe makes it earn a spot. But, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, Dead Space, no shade to that game, but, you know, it's a remake of a previously, you know, PS3 game. Um, didn't really do much outside of just make it exceptionally pretty and, and bring it current, but... Uh, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we have that on there over Alan Wake Two, which does a lot more. It's arguably the best looking game on yeah. PlayStation Five, honestly. You know, as long as there's no bugs and hiccups and things, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Obviously, again, when we kick games off, there's there's really no shade to them. It's no. Just, just you I mean, know, you were on the list. You 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 have your place in history. Yep. You know, I imagine something like it's gonna be. You know, Ragnarok probably staying there forever. Elden Ring probably staying there forever. But you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll keep it going. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll see again. It's what do you think has the best chance of this year to make its make its claim in there? Uh, well, Final Fantasy Rebirth for sure. Yeah, I think that's. I don't know. It's hard. There's so much that's not announced. Yeah, it's really hard. And it's any Sony first party game will always Concord. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. But. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, I mean, again, this was this was easy. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't wasn't quite expecting the. I mean, I I figured Star Wars Jedi Survivor was kind of on like in the nine ten area for you based on this list, but I wasn't sure. And, and I think we said as much because I think it replaced Miles Morales. Right. So I knew like it's it's days it's days was days oh, were coming. And, and you know even if even if like you know Spider Man isn't one of the ten best games on PS Five, I think it's an essential game that anybody who owns a PS Five plays. Right. right. It's, it's the iconic iconic character of this uh, platform now, and two does it the best. So you know play yeah. that play that one. Yeah, and the, probably the best Sony exclusive of twenty twenty three. So I think you gotta you gotta throw it on there. All right, so what's the list in, uh, in totality now, Nick? All right, we have God of War Ragnarok. We have Hades. We have Alan Wake 2. We have Elden Ring. We have Final Fantasy 16, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Cyberpunk 2077, Returnal, and Neon White. Okay. Let's get your list of games. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. 
So I'm gonna fight like hell to keep Neon White on there. <laughs> <laughs> fight like hell. Yeah, there's there are some staples on here that I it would take probably a, a host would have to leave to to remove <laughs> uh, between yeah Hades Neon White Cyberpunk. I think those. I'd fight. I, I would fight for Hades over Neon White. I will say that. <laughs> so. Okay. You know, but again, uh, Hades two could swap out Hades. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, nope, Hades and Hades too are on the <laughs> yeah. list. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really happy with the list. Again, I think it covers just a good breadth of different types of games. So you know, there's something for everybody. And yeah, Returnal, what there a great is. game. So good. Just love seeing it on here all the time. All right, so let's move on to our next topic. We're going to continue our 2024 preview by bringing back a segment from last year, and that was the yay, nay, or may uh, segment in which John and I rate a game whether we think it's going to be good, bad, or middling. And then, of course, we'll have, we'll have a, that, the gimme dat uh, as our top tier as, like, you're going to play it. So if you give it a gimme dat, it's got to be day one. Be I like it, and I'm going to play. Oh, it's got to be day one, huh? I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to use a gimme dad, you know, <laughs> okay. got to put your money where your mouth is, you know? Okay. All right. So so we have do, about... Do we get one gimme that, or like if we're feeling no, passionate can, about it? You can have as many All gimme right. dads as you want. Okay. Right. <laughs> Again, if you, if you think you're going to back it up. Sure. Um, so we have about 20 games between January and March. This list was provided by GameSpot, and then I r- removed all the like weird, like PC only or really smaller games off of it. So we have all big heavy hitters here, but let's go through it. Sure. All right. First up, we have Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown coming January 18th. Uh, this game is getting a demo on January 11th. What do you think, John? It's a yay for me. Yeah? Yeah, this is this was one that um, initially released or initially announced uh, was like, great, here's another Metroidvania with just the Prince of Persia franchise. But after seeing it in action more, uh, figuring out who the team behind it is, which is the Rayman Legends uh, Ubisoft Mont- Montpellier team, I believe. Um, I could be wrong on that, but uh, that game is fantastic. Their movement uh, that you have in Rayman is fluid, fast, feels good. Uh, this game has been confirmed to be 4K 120 frames per second, so it's Holy gonna shit. it's gonna run beautifully on the PS5. I think that's P- that might be a PS5 only thing. Like even on uh, PC, it's not gonna run that well. So uh, I think that this one is going to be one of those, uh, you know, maybe not a must-play Metroidvania, not on the Hollow Knight tier, but I think it's going to be very, very good with some really good-feeling movement and combat systems, which is, you know, one of the things I look for most in games. So how come not? it's not a gimme dat? Are you waiting to play the demo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I think it's a, a little high-priced. High you know, people made the same argument when Metroid Dread came out where they're like, this, is, this isn't a $60 thing. It's like, well, it is. It's a really, really gorgeous game with really you know, fun systems and a lot of work that goes into it. So I kind of feel the same about this, though. But, you know, I got to admit, Ubisoft is maybe my least trusted publisher. Like, I just don't yes. want to ever think that, like, yeah, I got to wait and see. It's yeah, I was trying I to think of their other smaller projects, and I was like, only, like, I could think of Valiant Hearts. Like, that was the only yeah. one I could think of. Yeah, Valiant Hearts and... Oh, they, had, they had other ones, but especially in the 360 Ubi, Ubi Art was like the... that, And that's what the... Uh, I don't know brand publishing brand or whatever they they had for uh rayman legends as well okay. uh, i think oh oh ooh, shit was a turn bait or was a uh, you're probably thinking of the same game i was trying to, to figure shit. out shit 
They had I'm it, usually so got, good at this. I think it got two games. Child of Light. Too. Yes, Child of Light. It got two games, too. Yeah, Child yeah. of Light. Yeah, that was the other one. Oh, good, good. Thank you. Good on, good on your memory, because, yeah, that was the other game I was trying to think of. Uh, so they don't have very many of these, so that's why I'm going to put it at a May. Sure. I don't, I'm not as confident, and it's not a genre I'm particularly attracted to anyway, but I think just if I was to, like, bid on it in our fantasy league, I'd be like, that's a questionable one, but... Yeah. Could be good. Yeah. I'm expecting kind of low to mid eights. Okay. You know? And so uh, with Ubisoft's uh, pricing structure, you know, in three weeks it'll be $4. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, on January 19th, we got The Last of Us Part Two remastered. I think, Give me that. Yep. Give me that by both of us. Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> Easy. Uh, next up, January 24th, we have Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. This is the sequel to the big numbered sequel. Basically, Yakuza 8, yeah. you know, not the man who raced his name, uh, little little <clears throat> game that we got uh, two months ago, but the full-fledged sequel. Now, John, every time I see this game, it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks really good. I think this is going to be a gimme that for... Let's gimme, you gimme, you gimme yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, it's it's a yay for me, but uh, could easily be a gimme that if I was just a little more into, yeah. into the series. And for you, who played Like a Dragon... You know, it's right. going right off of that. I'm I'm not familiar with that character at all, right. but Get it does done. look awesome. Well, it said place in Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah. It takes place in Hawaii. It's got this whole Animal Crossing like side mode, and just just everything else. You know, the weirdness, the the, the side quests. There just looks to be so much going on. Yeah, I think that, previews are saying it's it's a high mark for the series, which yeah. is saying a lot with the amount of entries this thing has. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's finding a nice little good little slot January. You know, there's not a lot coming out. So I think I think this game's going to do pretty well and review really well as well. Yep. All right. January 26th, we got the return of the fighting game franchise Tekken 8. John, mm. what's, what, what is it? So we're, this is evaluating on if we think it'll be good, right? Yes. Okay. You, that's, that's we'll a, say yay is you think 80 and above. Yeah, it's a yay. Okay. I mean, yep. yay. Um, you know, they uh, you can tell the quality and... and uh, just effort they're putting behind this release. It, the trailers make it look gorgeous. Tekken 7 was very highly received. Tekken is a very, very, very old franchise like many of the fighting uh, games out there, but, you know, that just seems to get better with each release, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I would expect this to, to follow that. Yeah, trend. it has a demo out. The demo looks really good, too. I played it. 3D fighters are just not my thing anymore. Same. But, uh, yeah, I'd say yay yeah. as well. It'll be a well-reviewed game. All right, we're moving on to February. We have a very busy February. And first up, and this is just for John, uh, on February 1st, we have Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Uh, this has a DLC, this is a fighting game, and it has a DLC character of 2B being added to the game. So, Hold on, Nick. I got to fact check you here real quick. Why? Because are you? Sh there's Relink and Rising. Uh-oh, maybe I'm wrong. So I think Rising just came out December 14th. Oh, and that's the fighting game. Oh, wow. Let me let me let me make sure because I no, want to make sure you're our, probably 100 percent right. Yeah, because I think Relink, right? Relink is the one we're talking about. Yes. I think that's like a Tales of Arise style oh. JRPG. I could be wrong. I'm okay. trying to. I'm well, trying to I'm find. Sorry, it's, it's all it's all very hard to read with all these crazy amounts of art they have. Yeah, I think this is the the actual fantasy game. So okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, dude, us. like I would, I would encourage listeners to go check out the trailers for this one. Um, it's a game. First off, it's a May for me. Um, 
I think it has high potential. Like it's it's going to be one of those. When I when I see it, I kind of almost get weird near automata vibes, where it's just like very fast paced combat. Like I said, Tales of Arise, but in a in a very fantastical, bright world setting. Um, so it's going to be one that I think I would obviously wait for reviews on, but I could see it being kind of a sneaky sleeper hit of the year. Um, you know, that's just going to, it's not going to be for everybody. Very, very anime looking very, very Mm -hmm. Japanese. Like if you're, if you're not into that aesthetic, uh, it's inherently going to be a little weird for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a may for me. I think I'm going to keep my eye on it, but not not looking to move on it unless if it blows everybody out of the water. Yeah, I'm with you. It is a it, probably a may because, yeah, I'm not too familiar with, with the franchise. Obviously, I just made the biggest fuck up because they have to have two games sure. with different bylines. But if they um, let me play as 2B in the open world, it's a gimme that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put her in the put her in this so, one. Yeah, this is, this is a may. And, yeah, again, as, as we've talked about on the show, like so many JRPGs. Yeah. You know, in, in these... And this month alone, and then with Like a Dragon, and then the other games coming out in March, as we'll get to, just whew. who's the developer on this? Uh, oh, it's, oh, so Arc Systems work does the did the Rising one, which is interesting. They're the guys who did Guilty Gear. Yeah, I don't know. Psy uh, Games and Platinum Games. Uh oh, there it is. <laughs> that near Automata, I told you. Is it the good Platinum or the shitty Platinum? Though <laughs> yeah. you never know with yeah. them. You yeah. never. Is know. it Babylon's Fall Platinum? Right or Bayonetta too? <laughs> <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> Biggest spectrum in the business for a, a public or a developer's quality of title, yeah, but it's, this a, is interesting. This is a game to watch out for. Kind of. Uh, I sneaky. thought about it with the league, like. Uh, you know, if it, I, it could be a, but I, I'm, I'm, and, I it, and it is PlayStation ex- console exclusive too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing here. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One, we're one, learning. Two. We're learning together. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> we're learning together. Yeah. I'm glad I kept it on the list then. <laughs> All right. Next up, February 2nd. There's another trend of this month. Uh, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Yikes. Feel bad, but there's our first nay. <laughs> it is a nay for me as well. But I'm I'm gonna challenge you, John. Here, yep. What does it have to do? What what can it do to be a slam dunk? Get in that yay category. Review eighty and above. Slam dunk. I mean, I don't think there's anything it can do to be a slam dunk um, because I have no doubt that the movement and moment to moment shooting and stuff it's probably gonna feel good it's probably gonna be that's, that's number one for me yeah it's tight. probably gonna the f- controls have to be super tight yeah and I, I i can see them doing that but from everything i've heard just you know part of the reason that i think you fell in love with the arkham series so much is that it was this amazing gameplay tied to an awesome narrative that you know you cared about these characters and it's just it's gonna be tough for them to win me over with the type of dialogue that and just how these Suicide Squad characters are. They just have always kind of annoyed me personally. It's just like, I don't dig the vibe that they put out. So for them to, for them to get me to want to pick up this game, it's got to be probably like an 88 or higher. (laughs) Figure out a way to make each of the characters play more, do more than just shoot guns. Right, right. Yeah. I don't think they should be shooting a gun. A really good, uh, DC story, and it's I think almost a, a oxymoron. Yeah, a and then you gotta, yeah, you gotta leave the, you gotta really stray from the battle pass, and but they're not. But I, you know, when I'm, I'm just playing Diablo Four. I was like, well, why can't this game? And Diablo Four is an eighty-eight. 
Yeah. Uh, why, why can't this game fill that same niche? And it, it, and like, I think it just has to, it really has to hit hard. It's got to be one of the best feeling games with a lot of depth between, you know, loot and enemy variety and enemy types. And just, it's got to feel really good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, does the whole game take place in Metropolis? Everything they've shown, it yeah, looks like so Metropolis. Like that's, the, yeah, I don't know. I don't. And uh, was it Jesse who got to play the beta? The alpha. Or the alpha? Yeah, and I mean, you know, it seems like impressions are not high from right. other people, too. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't think this has a chance to become a yay, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it reviews better than we all think it does. And also, we can't ever forget that we are hyper, hyper into the industry people. There are many people. <laughs> like, I was, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if oh, it you, could easily, easily be Hogwarts Legacy, right? Yeah, it's going like, to sell, yeah, 10 be... million copies immediately. I mean, I was listening to Ryan... Uh, talk to his buddy about Skull and Bones. And his buddy was like, dude, have you seen the Skull and Bones game? It looks awesome. And he's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. The guys at work say it looks stupid. So, you know, but like it's, there are just so many people that just don't, don't buy into any of the, the discussion sure. around it. So I could see this game being a success from a financial point, but I don't know. Chips have been stacked against it ever since. Yeah. It'll, it'll be it. a game we talk about for sure. Even if we're not both not buying it out of the gate. So, yep. um, I'm definitely not buying it out of the gate. So, We'll, we'll see. You know, this will be an interesting story nonetheless. All right. Moving on. Also coming out on February 2nd, we have Persona 3 Reload. Yeah. I mean, that's a yay for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. It, you know, is it something I want to get into? Probably not. It's just I I still don't know if I like the, the day-to-day high school thing. But uh, I've heard Persona 3 has arguably the best story out of three, four, and five, which it says a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit darker um, of tone, which also says a lot based on some of the things you do in Persona 5. Um, so, yeah, I expect this to be another, you know, Persona is a series that has catapulted into significance, much like the Yakuza Like a Dragon series uh, in the past five, six, seven years. Um, so I expect it to come out and, and you know, do, uh, you know, for Persona fans, exactly what they want it to do. Yeah, my only worry is what I brought up when the game was announced is that they're they're redoing the base Persona 3, not the F- Persona 3 Fez or Persona 3 Portable, which added up, you know, a bunch of quality life. You know, uh, you can pick the gender of your the main character, stuff like that and that with that stuff removed, will this be received as well or not? I think so. I I I would be surprised yeah, if I, if uh just, just a thought. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's definitely one of those things where people are like, oh, we're getting it, but why not the best version? But at the same time, you know, is it, is it okay, it's a 91 instead of a 94? You know, like, I right. think it'll be one of those. Right. Things, and, I, and again, I didn't play any of the versions, so I don't know how much of a big deal that is, but yeah. it is interesting. And But yeah, it is probably a yay. Well, sure. yeah, I mean, three, 3 is the one that I think kind of put Persona on the path that it's on currently, right. you know? So, uh I th- there's going to be a lot of people that played Persona 5, maybe that played Persona 4 Golden, I don't know, but that are going to be like, oh, cool, this is kind of a, not the the start of the series, but almost kind of the start of the series. Yeah, So, and it is a Game Pass day and date game, so there will yeah. be a lot of you know new players checking it out. So, Yep, this would be one I wish I had more time for, but 100 hours, no, sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, will you make time for the game that comes out on February 8th, Helldivers 2? The Sony second party exclusive. May? 
<laughs> May. I am polling for this game. I want this yeah. game to do well. I think it looks fun. Um, but is it something, is it going to be, to use an industry term, is it going to be sticky enough to want to continue to play it? Or is it just going to be a thing where you load in a couple times, you play with a couple people, and you go, all right, I've killed my fair share of bugs. I don't want to continue on this path and see what else the game has to offer. Right. You know, but they've talked about a lot of cool things, right? Like the angle of your bullets at the enemy, de de you know, it... it Depends on your angle where they're going to ricochet off or they're actually going to penetrate. And like, there's right. a lot of seeming, seeming a lot of uh, different uh, systems at play. But this also, and this also is a game that has been in development for a long time. Uh, the first Helldivers came out, I want to say, in 2015, uh, and they haven't made a single game since then. So, you know, was it rebooted halfway through, uh, or is this just something that they've kind of been fine tuning and tweaking? And uh, yeah, it's probably a smaller team, and yeah. This is definitely more ambitious than the isometric view of the first game. This is a third-person shooter. Yeah. So, But I, I think this is another Returnal scenario where if this game does well, Sony will potentially look at buying Arrowhead. I mm -hmm. can see them them doing that. Uh, it's a team that they've worked with on the, uh, in the past. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a game that has potential. I just, I can also see it coming out and just being like, yeah, it's, it's got a lot going for it, but just not, doesn't have the legs. Yeah, it's it's a may for me, and it's just yeah. What does that gameplay loop feel like, and and how how much is it uh, based on you know if I'm playing with my friends or not? You know, can yeah. can four randos uh, take on some of the harder missions in the game and stuff like that? But or honestly, see, like a question I want to know: Can I play it by myself? Like, yeah, I'm sure it's not designed that way. Uh, based on every single thing they've showed us, has had four players on screen. But like, is it possible? Yeah, yeah. all yeah, all questions, and again. Yeah, we'll see. We'll know very shortly. Have they said the price of that? I'm sure they have, based on you know pre-orders and stuff. Yeah, we talked forty bucks. Yeah, we talked about bucks. it because <laughs> I think we tried to predict what the price would be, yeah. and uh, we were we were surprised that it is forty dollars. So, yeah, so not bad. So it's probably priced appropriately and probably set your expectations for a forty dollar game. Mm -hmm. So, all right. On February thirteenth, we have the game from Don't Nod Banishers: Ghost of New Eden, one of the games that was delayed out of our busy 2020-2023 schedule and now has planted itself in February. We got a few games that have done that. Yeah, they call that in out of the fire into the or out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're gonna get out of the way of this. Oh no, February's jammed. So jammed. It's so jammed. <laughs> this is this is a hard game to predict. The Donod uh, hasn't had a lot of success with their three D games outside of Don't the Life is Strange series. Uh, Vampire being their last one, and remember I, me. Yeah, they, old one. Yeah, they haven't reviewed very well, uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this one. This is this is a may for me because I'm just not sure. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a good feeling. I, I'm going to say nay. Um, okay. You know, Vampire, like you said, is kind of their last example of what they've been able to do, uh, at least with. Uh, with a 3D game, uh, and that game's sitting at a 72 on Open Critic, so not horrible, but not what you would want from this level of a game. And so, I, I think it, you know, it's kind of got a cool setting. I think it takes place in like the late 1600s or something like that. Uh, it's got the dual character thing going, where it looks like one's kind of of the spirit realm, the other one's just of the physical nature, or whatever right. you want to say about that. But I don't know. I don't know what what to what to think of it either. All I know is I won't have time for this game. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, and. I, yeah, I, I really don't know what to say because I don't know much about it. And, and every time it's shown, it's been kind of okay. Yeah. I, I, nothing is. 
I think don't Nothing nod excels at the. I mean, it, you know, it could have a really good narrative. I mean, if it can have a, you know, if it can land that piece, you got something. But other than that, yeah, don't nod's always been a just a a narrative kind of drama focused team. Mm-hmm. You know, Twin Mirror, Tell Me Why, Captain Spear, Life is Strange, all that stuff. Right. Okay. Speaking of whatever happened to that Harmony game, that they also did that. Remember, you had you picked it in the league last year. Harmony, uh, the Fall of Reverie. Oh yeah. And I wonder what ever happened to that. It must have come out. I doubt it. Because I ended up dropping it. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's move on. February fourteenth, we have the Tomb Raider one through three remaster. Now these are remasters of the original OG PlayStation games. I put it on this list because I think I think it's it's on my radar. Like I, I remember playing those games, but uh never completing them and it's you know, I think it's you can pre-order for like 26 bucks. And I was like, it's not that bad for three, three games remastered. So this is, this is a may for me. I, I got my eye on it. Okay. It might be a game I might bring one day to the show. Cause I just want to go back. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a nay. Um, I don't have any love for that series. I, you know, I'm a little bit old or younger than you. And so when I got around to playing Tomb Raider, uh, it just already felt horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, you know, they could do a lot of quality of life things, you know, tweak up the movement, maybe if you make it feel more like an uncharted game, um, that would put it in a much better position. But I, it's just, I mean, I'm kind of surprised from you, Nick, because you usually don't like to go backwards. But, but uh, I don't know. I am a little concerned. They also haven't shown off like anything of this game. I was actually reading a post about no. that today, where people are like, "Why haven't they said like it comes out in a month?" But we haven't seen more than just like a couple screenshots, which is like. Mm. You know, there's a yeah. his, there seems to be a history lately. How with old like, does it run? Yeah, yeah, or like you know, with the Metal Gear Solid uh, collection that came out, which right. wasn't as good yep. as people were hoping. Like the Grand Theft Auto collection, we have a <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's always a weird little bit of of ickiness to some of these. But it, I, you know, if you're a, if you're a fan of the series, you know, an old longtime gamer, you know, I, I think it'll be it'd be fun to go back to. It's just. Yeah, as long as the ports are solid, that's yeah. that's that's the real question. So yeah, because well, isn't the first one tank controls? I yes, I yeah. believe so. <laughs> <laughs> I just and I remember it being really hard. I don't know. Yes, I don't that, know if that was that me too. being like a nine-year-old kid that didn't understand how to. 3D games were difficult back then, they were, especially 3D sure platformers. Were. <laughs> they sure were. So it's a it's a it's a nay for me, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, keep an eye on it. Sure. All right, next up, Nintendo enters the yay nay or may arena. With their February 16th release of Mario vs. Donkey Kong. I believe this is a remake of uh, old Wii U game. Oh, man. I don't. <laughs> we're not. We're not the Nintendo. would have been Wii. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it okay. actually looks like it's a DS game. Okay. Um, again, I'm not familiar with this series. I'm not the Nintendo guy. Oh, no. This... Game Boy Advance. Oh, wow. All right. So, yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, it, it is Nintendo. So it, it always has a chance, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do the work, you know, so I, I'll put this at a May for me. If it was, if it was a, a full new release, yay, Yeah. put it at a May. I think we'll see if it's 80 or above worthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, never bet against Nintendo. You'd be a fool to do that. But I think Nintendo does have a place for this size game. Uh, like the Captain Toad Treasure Tracker or uh, Yoshi's Crafted World or, um, you know, even that Kirby game that kind of came out. It's like they, they have this 
not this isn't our most important type of releases. These are like ones that we just kind of throw out and attach to my P2. And so I think it's gonna it's gonna be in that low 80s, high 70s place. But inherently, just being a it's what a puzzle platformer, right? Mm -hmm. So you know you can institute a lot of cool ideas and fun little ways to make that clever. But at the end of the day. You know, are you ever going to have the moments that we even had in something like Valhalla? Of course you're not. Like with, but like, you know, it's just you know what you're getting. There's not going to be any narrative here. It's just, hey, here's a clever little platform. Figure out how to get through it, and it's going to be that over and over and over again. But, um, you know, it's it's a May. It's going to be okay. But I don't yeah, it think an, it was an 81. The the original in 2000. The original. So yeah, it'll be right about the same. I, I would imagine. All right. Moving on. February 16th again, we have Skull and Bones finally coming out. You sure? You sure about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> Does it have a chance, John? Can, <sighs> will it be more than just a nay for you? <laughs> you know, it's one of those conflicting games because I was watching a gameplay trailer of it today. It looks okay. It doesn't look horrible, but you hear <laughs> reports of... It's a pirate game, and you can't board the other ship. Like, what is that about? You know, and it just it reeks of, obviously, we don't even need to go into the development hell that this game has had. Um, but it just seems like a game where corners are cut, where they're just probably trying to get it out because we need to get it out. It looks good. You know, it's going to be polished and things like that. But famously, this game took money from the uh, Singapore government. So they've had they've been on the hook. They have to release it. Um, and I can't imagine it's going to be the original vision that the team had. So it's a nay. I don't think, you know. Yeah, being I, a spinoff of uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how long ago was that game? Right. You know, how many Assassin's Creed games have we had in that time? So many. Um, Unnecessarily many. But <laughs> no, I, um, I'm going to be I'm going to be very interested, though. Like I, I'm does this because like I have this weird feeling almost like the, that Suicide Squad in this game are going to come out and be like, oh, these are good. Like, hey guys, these are good. Like, don't don't be <laughs> shitty about them. But, um, I I still wouldn't bet for it. So it, it's a nay. Okay, it's yeah. a nay for me too. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming leap day, February 29th. That's a gimme dat. Gimme dat. Most anticipated. Of course, it's a gimme dat. Yeah. I mean, um, we talked about it. Um, on some prior podcasts. Yeah, but, last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, last seven days ago. Um, but just the idea of of taking what Remake was and removing some of the corridors and things that kind of annoyed me uh, and having this full... Like, you can climb shit. You can fly. You, you know, there's a reason that when we see every single uh, marketing gimmick thing for this game, it's the, the crew of people standing at a cliff looking over the world. That's them <laughs> telling you that, like, yes, you're going to be able to... It's going to be this one huge area or at least, you know, much bigger areas than, than we're used to. Uh, and then you combine all the character work and the gorgeousness and the fun combat. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Give me that. Yep, yep, yep. Easy, give me that. All right, we're moving on to March, our last five games. First up, on March 8th, we have VanillaWare's Unicorn Overlord. It's a May. Really? I think it's going to be, well, if we're, if yeah, you're right. If we're evaluating the quality of it, it's a yay. I don't know, I'm not bought into it, though. Okay. Like, I loved 13 Sentinels. I loved Odin Sphere, Life Thrasser, or however you pronounce that. Um, and those are the, the two. I haven't played Dragon's Crown. Um, Grim Grimoire. I haven't played Grim Grimoire or Muramasa or any of those. But Vanillaware is a very consistent studio. Um, they, 
you know, really tested and showed their narrative chops with 13 Sentinels, which is this crazy story that I couldn't even begin to explain to you at this point. Like, I don't really remember a lot of it, quite honestly. It was, time travel. Yeah, time travel craziness. But uh, really, really good job there. Um, they've shown their combat skills are good if it's like, you know, hack and slash like Odin Sphere or like 13 Sentinels, like with more strategic type things. So I think it's going to be really good. I hate the name. I think it's a weird, weird name, yeah, similar yeah. to like the Princess Bride. It's like you guys are going to kind of just immediately get some people to not pay attention to you. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I say May just because like it's, it is very much a wait for reviews game for me if I want to check it out. But I, I do think uh, yay from the quality standpoint. Yeah, it is definitely a yay for me, and get, it was so close to give me that. I Really? Yeah, I, I have a feeling this is going to be really good. The art is impressive. It's an RTS with Fire Emblem elements, which is not something we usually get on PlayStation. So I just think, I think this is, this is going to be secretly kind of a big deal. Yeah, big deal. I mean, every, every developer, well, not every developer, but developers every once in a while have that game that gets them notoriety and mm -hmm. yeah maybe this is the one for vanillaware because as good of a studio as they are they are still very very unknown to a lot of people yeah yeah very niche yep all right moving on on march 20th we have alone in the dark another game that got pushed from 2023 it is now coming march 20th uh this is from pisces interactive and thq nordic mm. It stars David Harbour and nah. Jody Corner. Nothing? Nah. Nah. Nothing? Okay. I don't know. I uh, I get bad vibes from this one. Yeah. Alone yeah. in the Dark is a very legendary series. It almost single it almost started the survival horror genre. Like mm -hmm. it's an old game. It's one of the very first games I can ever remember playing. But it has not been relevant in no. <laughs> 25, 30 years. There's one of the, it made one of the worst movies of all time. It just seems like anytime something is attached to this IP, it's trash. You know, and I and yeah. I can see them knowing that and going, cool. Who can we get to star in it that would just like be <laughs> a way to market and try and get some sales? And David yeah. Harbour seems perfect to me. Like, you know, he's not top tier, he's not bottom tier. He's he's famous because so many people have seen Stranger Things, but also he's kind of probably relatively cheap. I just don't. It's a nay. I don't. I don't see this one coming out, especially after the year we just had with survival horror games. You know, it's going to stick out after people have played yeah. Resident Evil Four, Alan Wake, and Dead Space. Yeah, that, that is very true. We'll, we'll all very recent examples of killer games. So, uh, yeah, I'm also in the nay. Unproven developer, unproven publisher. Oh. Uh, just yeah, not happening. Also, I would like to uh, correct myself live. Harmony did come out in June. It just we got a 79. Didn't okay. even. Yeah, just got to defend myself. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to March 22nd, which is seeing three games release on that date. First up, we have Dragon's Dogma 2 coming from Capcom. This game uh, repeatedly gets shown, John, and I'm going to have a controversial opinion on this one. It's a May. Yeah. I every t They released a 18-minute video, and this is the IGN first, so they're getting a bunch of exclusive coverage. So they did an 18-minute video showing off the fighter, the thief, and the sorcerer. Yep. And that game continues to not wow me at all. Sure. Yeah. It just it just looks so generic. I am a worried on it. I am weirdly with you, honestly. <laughs> like, and uh, you know, I thought I thought the number two pick in our league that was kind of crazy high for it. Yep. Um, but no, it, it it gives me, you know, obviously so. I think it's intentional. Monster Hunter vibes all over the place, which yep. which is a game that is, you know, immensely popular, very well received. But I just personally don't like the way it feels. And I get a lot of 
similarities there where it's like big sweeping swinging motions that don't seem to have a lot of impact you're fighting gigantic monsters and you're climbing all over them and doing all these crazy things but i i i think it it's just not gonna land for me personally at all and i don't know though because like can you really bet against capcom right now that's true you this know? will be very polished if anything you know as much as we hate on exo primal that is a very good feeling, very polished game. Like that's what, that's the exact example that Suicide Squad needs to reach is, you know, at least what Exo Primal's doing. And like I said, tight controls and all that. So you know that's going to be in this too. It's just, I don't know. Like I said, it will the, will the gameplay itself be good enough in 2023? You know, Dragon's Dogma is very old at this point. I believe yeah. it was 2010. Yeah. I mean, it was a 360 PS3 era game. So, it's it's been I mean, a minute. I I I'm sh- 2012. Okay. Uh, I'm sure they'll iterate on it, and you know, there's going to be enough in there. I trust Capcom. I just, yeah, I don't know. There does seem something a little off about it, but I'm having a tough time deciding if that is my evaluating it or my <laughs> not liking these kind of games really. Um, so I don't know, but I I I'm gonna give it a yay. I okay. think it'll be good, but I am bordering on that May territory. You know, it's okay. uh, it's close. All right. Let's move on, and we're going on to Nintendo, their big first-party release for the first three months, and that's Princess Peach Showtime coming again March 22nd. What do we got, John? Are you going to bet against the Nintendo first-party game? But no. This is not an established franchise either. Sure. Uh, no, this, uh, I mean, you got to give it a yay. I mean, just yeah. based on uh, the, you know, it looks so, so cute and so gorgeous. Exactly yeah. what you expect from Nintendo. You know, there's a lot of creativity at hand here. You know, they, they show this shot of Peach as a baker, Peach as a swordsman Zoro type character. You know, there's gonna be a lot of those type of things in it, which just inherently bring smiles to people's faces. Um, I don't think it's going to light the world on fire. I'm not even sure if it'll, you know, be the start of a franchise going forward. I think this is Nintendo kind of figuring out a way to get a game out before the Switch 2 comes and we have those big right. heavy hitters and, you know, it's just a good time to show it because it actually can shine. But um, I don't think it'll be anywhere in that 90 Super Mario Wonder land. No. Uh, but it's a yay for sure. Don't yeah. bet against Nintendo. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, our final game on the list is the PS5 exclusive Rise of Ronin. Coming from Koei Tecmo, that we that we keep seeing, we saw yep. it at the Game Awards again. What, that's, what, that's a May. Yeah, that's a, that's a May. I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's as as it's gone on, as we've seen more of it, it seems to lose a little bit of steam every time we see it. You know, where yeah. that first, they first showed it off, and you saw, oh, cool, I can fucking stab a guy and then shoot him with a gun and then fly around the the crazy <laughs> Japan looking world. But I don't know. It, it I don't know if that first trailer uh, was you know kind of. Not disingenuous. I'm sure it wasn't disingenuous, but it seemed a little bit more polished and sharper than the subsequent things we've gotten. And uh, I don't know. Like, at one point, I would have said, like, fuck yeah, I want a game, you know, open world kind of hardcore combat game with set in feudal Japan. But we've just been spending so much time in feudal Japan, like, and <laughs> lately that it's like, what are you going to do to really differentiate yourself? You know, is it just going to feel like Assassin's Creed? Is it going to feel more like Devil May Cry, more like a FromSoft game? I don't really know, but I don't think just flying around with a little, like, paraglider and is enough to really make it stand out. And uh, who's developing this one? It's, uh, it's, it's Team Ninja, isn't it? It could be. I mean, 
I think it's, it's team hard Ninja. to say because we just got Wolong. Yeah, team Ninja. Last year uh, from Team Ninja, so it is interesting that they have another another game a year, thirteen months later. Um, but yeah, I, Team Ninja is kind of like a like platinum games. You know, you don't know what you're eating. Are you eating Neo levels? And even Wolong reviewed well. Yeah, uh, that like was 81. in '81. So. But it obviously forgotten in all of the craziness of last year. I could honestly see it just being a kind of another Wolong long scenario where yeah. it comes out, people are like, yeah, it's good. But they play it, they like it, and then yeah, nobody talks about it towards <laughs> the end of the year. Right. So yeah, that's that's a hard one. That is a May for me as well. I, again, Forspoken also came out last year, and that was oh yeah, not, not good. So not every uh, Sony backed uh, third party exclusive is is a is a hit. So yeah, we'll see. But that's that's all I got. That's the that's the big. Heavy hitters for the for the th- first three months, a uh, lot. Sure, so many games. Yeah, um, I think you. How many you did? What one gimme dat? Two gimme dats? Two gimme dats. I think uh, Final Fantasy and Last, Last of, Us. of Us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's good because I'm really uh, trying to focus on my backlog right now. <laughs> you know, Tears of the Kingdom going on strong. We're good. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's. I want to hear some more completed games on out of the John camp. <sighs> all right so let's move on to our final topic of course it is the video game character battle royale now we cannot announce any winners from last week i was a little late getting the polls out so i'm just gonna let the polls run Mm. but please i'm not ahead am i and you're trying to (laughs) sabotage me am i Uh, are you i I can say who's in the lead right now but there's still time so if you want to vote on the three battles we currently have up and running uh please go to twitter at PS Pals Pod, or you know, email in that you can, that'll count as well. PlayStation Pals Pod at gmail.com. Uh, currently, Sora is beating Samus Aran, Sweet Tooth is beating oh. Sonic the Hedgehog, all right? Well, you're giving me some, <laughs> and Rayman is narrowly edging out Jack. So, okay. as that is where we stand, but those polls will run till for a couple more days, so okay, so so we can get some. Make sure we get uh, no ties this time. All right. And so for this week, uh, we have, of course, our beloved Astrobot versus (laughs) Sub-Zero of Mortal Kombat fame. Hopefully Astrobot doesn't get fatalitied. uh, Versus Big Daddy and Little Sister versus Kazuma Kiryu of the Yakuza series. I do believe I am first this week. I think so, yes. I want to say. So we're going to do... Big Daddy and Little Sister versus Kazuma Kiryu. <laughs> These were a little tougher for me this week. I got to admit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were they were a little hard, but it's okay. It's not, <laughs> not going to stop me. All right, an agent of the Daidoji faction, fourth, for, former fourth chairman of the Tojo clan, former manager of the Morning Glory Orphanage, and a former taxi driver of the Nagusa Taxi. Kiryu's legendary accomplishments and ascent through the ranks of the Tojo clan's Dojima family has earned him the nickname the Dragon of Dojima. And while you might be thinking this is a, a, a shut case where you got a big metal hulking big daddy taking on a former or just like an old man kung fu master, I don't think so, Nick. While the big daddy is large and imposing, he provides actually very little challenge to the dragon as he is well informed about all of his enemies. He can use electricity to dispatch of the metal beast using uh, his, uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? I wrote it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> he, he can use elect- uh, electricity manipulation. 
shuts the big daddy down immediately. He can use explosives, which is how you take down a big daddy in its own environment. Uh, he will be stunned, allowing Kiryu to pick apart his metal ass very much like E Honda taking apart of a car on the Street Fighter series. Uh, uh, Dragon, <laughs> Dojima. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of titles, doesn't he? Yeah, Flat he car uh, champion. <laughs> yeah, I just found it funny. I was like looking through. I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to throw in. He was a taxi driver for a taxi. Okay. <laughs> it's part of his charm. He's a man. He's had he's every a job in that series, He's a renaissance man. Yeah. He's, it's interesting because he was not in uh, Like a Dragon at all, so I'm not really familiar with the character, but he's he is a party member in Infinite Wealth. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see him. All right. For this battle, we are going deep down in the ocean to Rapture to bring one of the most iconic enemies in video games, the Big Daddy. Not vi many video game encounters are as frightening as being in the room with one of these with their face glowing red. And by big, we are talking a human being grafted to the armor of a giant diving suit. Good luck, Kazuma, for fist fighting your way through this threat. This hulking monstrosity may look slow, but it can move in quick bursts to close the distance and drill you with its massive drill in its right hand. And with a big sister around, because again, he's big daddy and little sister, Mr. Bubbles, as he's affectionately referred to by the little sister, will be extra, protect uh, extra protective and do anything to win this fight. Very nice. I had an extra page of notes. And I didn't read it. That's okay. All right. Are you ready for the upset of the century, Nick? You ready? Astrobot's loved, and it's usually, it's not always just what the character that should win. It's usually, you know, you got a fan favorite. All right. So the official size of Astrobot, according to his wiki page, is 100.1 inches, feet. We don't know. And he weighs. One, two, three, four, three, three. So we're going to assume he's 100 inches and 123,000 pounds, all right? So we don't know what Astrobot actually is. You know, he lives in a video game world, but if that's inches, Nick, he's eight foot three and weighs 123,000 pounds. So we might have a drastic misunderstanding of how big Astrobot truly is. He's going to just immediately, if he is that size, Sub-Zero doesn't have a chance. And he also never acts alone. Astrobots are a collective group of people. They're kind of like a hive mind type creature. So if you see one Astrobot going against it, they're all going to jump in. And as you mentioned, Nick, Astrobot is very, very loved. He is only maybe the face of the PlayStation franchise now. So people are going to see him fighting. They're going to come to his aid. Nathan Drake's jumping in. Everybody's going to jump in and, and lend a hand because you can't see Astrobot get fatalitied by Sub-Zero. It just would not be right. Sub-Zero loses to Astrobot. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All righty. I just loved it. it. said, wait, one, two, three, four, three, three. What? <laughs> what does that mean? All right. I want to fact check those stats because poor, poor Astrobot. You are so cute and fun and silly, dressing up as various PlayStation characters and laying down some of the best music. But unfortunately, you walked into the wrong battle royale and drew one of the worst opponents, one known for ripping the spine out of his opponents. Sub-Zero is the Grand Master of the Lin Kuei class, a ninja with the power of ice. Using, this, using ice, he can make himself more mobile, like sliding, freezing his opponent, or making an ice doppelganger of himself. Sub-Zero is ultra-proficient in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Now, Sub-Zero has battled all of the many opponents, opponents in the large roster of characters in the Mortal Kombat franchise, but also has faced Omni-Man, Kratos, 
John Rambo, Jason Voorhees, and more with his time in this franchise. And this, and he is on his 12th mainline entry. He is prepped for combat. Yeah, he is. But he doesn't weigh 123,000 pounds. <laughs> Streak that from the record. Yeah, we don't, don't, we know, don't know. Hey, it's on. It's official. It's, it's written down in his Wikipedia. It's like, All what right. angle do I go here? So, again, please vote for those polls on our Twitter, uh, at PSPalsPod, and then these new uh, battles will be posted right after the show is posted. So. All right, Nick. We have our final oh, yeah, four right. matchups. Okay. Final four. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Go ahead. Your first contestant for next week, the last one, Zale from Sea of Stars. Oh, okay. All right. Versus Aloy, (laughs) Horizon Forbidden West, and Zero Dawn, which leaves, there's only two left. You got Cole McGrath from the Infamous series. <laughs> All right. And I have Isaac Clark from Dead Space. Oh, okay. Okay. Some interesting ones. All right. And that will be... So n- end of ne- So next week is the end of round one. Okay, yeah. It's a well, long road to get here, Nick. We, <laughs> I don't know when we started this. I think it was... Well, it had to have been a good 30 weeks ago. Uh, September 26th. Doesn't seem that long ago. Then. <laughs> All right. Either way. Good. We got through that quicker than I thought, though. I think yeah. when I was like formulating this, I was like, this is going to take like a fucking year. <laughs> and it's still Mike because we got rounds two and three and whatever. But feels good. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's it. That is the four things we brought for you today. John, do you have anything to tease for next week? Uh, yeah. I, I think I'll finally be ready to talk about uh, more in depth about Tears of the Kingdom. Um you know, I don't know, depending on how much I can get through, if like I'm going to want to do the full-on review or maybe just have impressions and stuff, and then I can just give it a score later later in a later week. But uh, yeah, I've kind of gotten, I think, past the halfway point. Uh, there's some bigger dungeons that you kind of have to do, and I've done uh, just did my second one of those a couple nights ago. Uh, so hopefully I can dive back into that. Um, I've got some impressions on Sifu, uh, which again, pal of the show, will kind enough to let me borrow that. Um, so I have some things to, some thoughts on there. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I think I think it's going to be those. And then I have Remnant 2 and Hogwarts and all other <laughs> stuff. Just have to have a new trying, to get through, trying to get through the ones that I have. <laughs> John's gaming minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll have he spends a minute those. on each game, just like the character Battle Royale. I time him on each one. He just <laughs> and next, 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 next. Yeah, next. he's getting his thoughts out. Um, it's hard. Good. Bring the games because I'm taking a break. Uh, we'll spend the next two weeks just waiting for Last of Us Part Two Remastered. There's just nothing interesting me. You know, maybe if PlayStation Plus Extra has even maybe has a good game maybe. that I'm interested in. But uh, yeah, I think it's time give, to give uh, nobody break. saves the world a chance. The game's fun. It's cute. That's fun. Yeah, that's true. You can just give it like or, a, play, or yeah. evil or evil West or whatever. Well, you'll know within 15 minutes if you want to play Nobody Saves the World or not. Like right. it's it's a pretty pretty easy to tell kind of game. Okay. But um, yeah. 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 So so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll try to find some more topics uh, to bring. There seems there seems to be some interesting rumors going around. So maybe I'll bring one of those to talk yeah. about. Yeah, that, yeah. that there's some interesting interesting precedents 
being rumored about on the webs today. So well, honestly, we'll bring pro- that next week. And honestly, by the time of next week's podcast, we'll probably have more information on. That's possible. I, if for those, if we're talking. There's some rumors that Microsoft might be adding some uh, some games elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah but they might not be exclusive to their consoles anymore. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of all I got to tease, but. Yeah, we'll bring some more topics. So, been wanting to watch a lot of movies lately too. Like, there's a lot of movies I got to get caught up on. Still haven't seen Barbie. Still haven't seen that. Still haven't seen Talk to Me. Lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's that time of year, right? The all the best pictures will start getting announced, and yep. you'll be like, "Oh God, I got to see all these movies and all these foreign films." Foreign films are great. <laughs> all right. Well, that uh, is it for us um, for this week for the song. Um, we got from Astral Ascent, uh, the roguelike game that I've been playing. Probably my most surprising, pleasant surprise game of last year. Um, soundtrack is done by Dale North. We have the Master Phase 2, which is the final boss. Um, it's overall, there's a lot of good music in it, but, uh, this one's just kind of, you know, it's a final boss fight. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. you know, you know what kind of music you're gonna, you're gonna get with one of those, so, uh, enjoy. Yeah, good choice. I have not heard it, so I'm excited to hear it, too. All right, so that's it. Wheels B, thank you again for listening, everyone. And then again, we'll be back next week with Up to Six Things. Bye. See you guys.